0: Welcome to the Aussie Runner podcast, a chance to take some time out with people who love running as much as you. Hi, I'm Damon Roberts
1: and I'm Jeremy Francis and a warm welcome to everyone listening in as we're back for our final episode for the Run Against Violence Virtual Challenge 2021.
0: And as we reach the end of what has been an epic virtual challenge, we've invited Brad and Kiralee back to reflect on what has been achieved how the event has gone, and what we've learned through the experience.
1: Curly dear Brad Smithers, welcome back on the RAV podcast. It's been a few weeks since we first caught up, and we're really keen to hear how everything has gone. So welcome back. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Now, as we've learned from David Attrell during the podcasts, virtual events like this generate a lot of numbers, statistics and facts. So I wanted to start with some of the big numbers that we've generated in the last couple of weeks. So here we go. Let's start with the amazing participants who've done all the hard work to make the 1300 kilometer journey. And then Kiralee, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on what makes up, um, you know, what the, what's the makeup of this year's participants. And to get you started, let's start with reading through some of the stats that we've collected or collated rather. 4,040 participants. I remember when it was below 4,000, that's an amazing, Amazing achievement, 282 teams, 79% women, 21% men, 36 participants aged 70 and over. Our oldest participant was 80 years old, 42 aged 16 and under. Our youngest participants were nine, and there were three of them by the looks of it. So, Kiralee, what do you make of all that? That's a lot of numbers.
2: It is a lot of numbers, and it's an amazing... It's an amazing result. The whole RAV committee is, is blown away by the amount of work that our team captains have put in to, to make that possible and to get that many people on board. So I, I'm i going to leave the actual calculation to Brad because he's the numbers man, but I, I think it's in the range of 30% growth from last year, which is incredible to think, given that we're in lockdown and across half the country. and people are dealing with the busyness of COVID, it was in the about a week or two before mm. the challenge started that Sydney went into lockdown, and then I think Melbourne wasn't you know too far after that, and that causes an enormous amount of chaos in people's lives when that mm. happens. And you suddenly know, suddenly homeschooling and and all that sort of things going on. Yet these people turned up and they organised these incredible teams to to get us there and those numbers just kept growing and growing and growing and people kept joining we, we shut the, uh, the registration on the 9th of September the challenge started on the 30th of August and I swear I was still getting messages even days before the challenge finished saying oh can I still sign up <laughs> so, right. so this year was definitely everything was left to the last minute but I think that was a reflection of the 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 lockdown chaos that was happening across a lot of the country uh but they the age range how amazing is that how absolutely Mm. incredible is that and it really reflects the wonderful nature and inclusive nature of the challenge it's here for everybody
0: i think you nailed it now now brad we had participants from every state and territory in australia as well as eight overseas countries uh 69 of the participants come from regional areas in australia Uh, We believe the smallest town where a participant was located was Ruffey, and that's got a population of 112. That's not even a place, admittedly, I've heard of, but I'm I'm proud to know of it now. And collectively, the participants this year ran 456,598 kilometres. Wow. Or 11.4 times around the equator in 19 days. What do you say to that, Brad?
3: There's lots and lots of numbers there, Damo. There's a huge amount of numbers. They're just mind-blowing. The whole thing is mind-blowing. The growth over the years has just been phenomenal. The number of kilometres recovered, you know, this year compared to last year, the number of people. I think it was 32.3% increase, Kirli, if you want the exact <laughs> number on last year. Uh, it's, I suppose the other thing is, is the age difference, you know, nine nine to 80 is our, is yeah. our participants i mean and the nine-year-olds um i spoke to the we spoke to the parents the, of, the, of the younger children because we have a 12 year old age limit and their parents said that one of the parents their child wanted to fundraise and the other one the other two wanted to be involved with something because they came from families where that had that they experienced the, um, the family violence and they want wow. to participate as well. And I mean, that's, 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 Brilliant. that's quite amazing as well. So, uh, I mean, behind every number, I think if they did the last time there's a story and I think there's lots of stories behind these numbers as well.
1: I feel like responding to the 79% women, 21% men thing. Yeah. And actually, yeah. Hillary, I remember you talking about this in the very first episode that we did. Uh, we need to get more men in this, right? Because mm. I think, yeah, you know, certainly one of the insights we we share later is is around people thinking that it's an issue, it's a women's issue. Um, we've we've verified through the podcast that's clearly not the case. Um, and I think you know next year let's let's work on getting more men uh, involved. I reckon.
3: I think that's I was going to put that out as the challenge for the year. I I see, I see that as one of the big numbers for the year, which we have to we have to bring back into in, into a bit more. Um, Balance as well. I agree with you. Totally agree with you.
2: Um, I was about to say, I'm going to have to leave it up to the three of you to work out why that's the case. Why on earth men don't want to be involved in something that's an absolute hoot? It's fun, there's bling involved, you get gold and silver medals. You get to hang out with a really cool group of people for 19 days and it, you learn a lot. I've got no idea why men don't engage with it with the way they do. We've got the men that do are absolutely phenomenal, obviously, hmm. present company included. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah I, I don't, it's a mystery to me as to why men choose to be unrepresent, underrepresented in uh, in the Rav Challenge.
1: Well, I think Demo and I did our bit this year because our team had only two women in it uh, one was a 15 year old and the other was a 45 year old so I think you know I think we we did okay with the stats to try and balance them out a bit um, now look people are participating to help raise awareness for family violence and um, I think one of the really interesting stats that that were collated this year was that 25 um, percent of the participants either worked in prevention or support so around domestic and family violence. Or had someone close to them who had experienced domestic and family violence. That's a huge number. I'm keen, keen on your perspective, purely on you know, on, on that number alone in terms of the participants.
2: And, I, uh, and Brad might have a better feel for it, because as I said, he's the numbers guy, but I feel like that that's changed over the four years. You've got to remember this has only been it was four years ago that we we're running on dirt roads. You know, this is the whole thing has happened in four years. And and i feel like while we've always had perhaps a survivor element there i didn't think it was so big but we've certainly got a lot more engagement from people that are working around domestic and family violence and i think part of that's the introduction of the love bites relationship i think that that's been a an influence there um but also that people are seeing the impact of the positive impact of this type of engagement with the community so therefore more in a position to to really support it and feel the value of it so yeah i I feel like that percentage has increased brad what do you feel about it
3: i feel exactly the same on the work in prevention preventing family family violence i think that number's grown last year was our first um first large increase and i suspect victoria was in lockdown last year and we had a lot of people from regional victoria had a lot of discussions with team captains from there and they were working in that area and i think that's grown immensely uh i was just looking at i think it's 25 percent either what uh, 14 have experienced it and and 12 work work in prevention of it so that's or support of it so that's that's quite exciting as well i think that's you know it's you know, you, you hear people's stories and they like to share that they, they share that they feel comfortable sharing their stories. And I think that's, you know, that's that's a very positive thing as well, that uh, the message gets out there.
1: Now, I think, you know, we've probably focused a lot particularly through this podcast about the element of RAV that's about raising awareness. And I kind of like that element with RAV. It's, it's not just about the fundraising part. It's not just about money. The, the, you know, at the heart of it, it's about just trying to get more people, aware that there's this issue and it's much bigger than people think. Um, But of course, fundraising is also a really important part of it. Right now, um, we're raising money here for the Love Bites program that you mentioned, Kiralee, and and I'm keen for people to go and look that up if they don't know what the Love Bites program is, because it really is an amazing initiative. Um, But Brad, mate, you're the treasurer. Are we going to smash the fundraising target of $180,000 this year? Because that would be truly significant. You heard it here first, we we believe we have,
3: but until we get final confirmation and things signed off by the auditors and bits and pieces, I can't guarantee that, but we believe we hit that number out of the park. Yes, we do. I can Fantastic. see why you've
1: um, got him as a treasurer, Kiralee, that makes a lot more sense. He, he's very, <laughs> uh, very very politically correct and making sure that there's no no issues there.
0: I, I'd just like to point some something out though. Um, uh, we're on a podcast so clearly people can't see but brad's sitting there in a black top with black gloves on and it does rather look like he's just (laughs) legged it from a bank job um so i don't know whether i'm going to ask you to explain but i will use it as a segue um because like (laughs) there's two kinds of runner really there's those that like Brad, that prefer speed when they're running from a getaway uh, job, and those that prefer distance, (laughs) like like myself. Um, And Jess and I clearly sit on opposite sides of that fence. Um, But each year, you've got these couple of records about how far... Uh, people have run, or how far uh, the total distance is, how many kilometres completed during the event, um, and also the speed that you know, how quickly people take to do it. Where do we stand on records this year? Have records been broken, or have people managed to maintain uh, the previous year's records?
2: I do Brad robbing a bank. It's likely to be at sunset and he'll just have a Brad moment. <laughs> just like the way. Oh. <laughs> he's the nicest bank robber ever. And everyone's just handing over the money because he's yeah. so lovely. <laughs> and we'll just have a chat. And we'll just have a chat. So tell me about what's your dog's name? <laughs> Wonderful! Uh, a, bank, a bank robbery we'd all love to be part of, I think. Uh, records, okay. So our speed records have stood. So the speed record is how quickly they run the thirteen hundred kilometres. Mm. We have one for teams of ten and teams of twenty. And last year the challenge started on the Saturday, I think it was. So. Teams absolutely smashed it. And the Port Macquarie team of 10 got through in under 24 hours. I think it's just, wow. just a nib over 23 hours. Crazy. Wow. I was there. I, it absolutely <laughs> happened. They did it out and back. Uh, it gave each of the team members their 130 kilometres and they ran it as a group of 10. So they actually stuck together while they do it, did it. So that it was, it was <laughs> even more amazing so that stood and the team of 20 down in canberra uh they they have kept theirs as well which i think is uh, just a tad over 23 hours as well but this year the difference i've got
0: i've got an idea jez by the way i think uh i think our team is going to go and camp next to a, a, a running track uh for 22 hours next year mm. are we allowed to do that can we do that so if yep. we go for the record yeah
2: done. Yeah. that's how they the other team did it
0: well hang on there needs to be a downhill track then we've got to have some advantage a 65 <laughs> kilometers off
1: <laughs> well no look i think in more exciting news because clearly those records for speed were very impressive and understandably um they've stood this year but i think in more exciting news um, records for distance is a very very different situation now you help me out here with what's happened but but the current record for a team of 20 is 4381 kilometers brad maybe you can help me out here um how did we go with the team of 20 record this year boat crew two managed
3: 5228 kilometers wow, wow. <laughs> that's huge All right. that's just huge for 19 days that's just phenomenal now Matt is the team captain of Boat Crew Two. He's a previous he's was a previous team captain last year of Boat Crew Two. So I, I must go back to the records and see what they did last year. But they've been obviously sort of slipping under the radar for the last year or so to to do that. But that's that's just huge.
1: That, that is huge, and, and and I understand that three teams in the in the twenty category also beat the previous record. So um, <laughs> so that that's pretty impressive. Um, and then we've also had some new records in the team of 10 category, of which the previous record was 2,730 kilometres. And how did we go in that one, Brad?
3: Smashed that one out of the park as well, 3,209 kilometres. Wow. And Bernard's a team captain of the, Swiss, of the Swiss Mountain Goat. And I think the Central Coast of, of up, up just past us in Sydney. And again, he's a team captain from last year. They had another team in that last year. So I haven't checked last year's numbers, but yeah, that's, they're pretty impressive numbers, aren't they?
0: It's not the end of it though, is it? Because there's three new records established this year. The fastest to get to 200 kilometers, Rob Lloyd in 29 hours, 42 minutes. And we have both the silver and gold grown-up award. To tell us a little bit about that one, Kerala.
2: Well, we decided this year that we needed to introduce uh, some recognition for the person of the most mature age who achieved their 130 kilometres in the silver medal and the 200 kilometers in the gold medal category so these are essentially trying to find a lovely soft way of saying these are the people with the most age um, that completed those medal challenges that took up the challenge of them and then achieved it so it's it's pretty phenomenal when you uh, discover that um, the number of people you know, that were participating in that, and actually the the number of years that those people who won those categories had under their belt when they took the challenge on.
1: Well, let, let's just read through the winners of those categories, because um, I, I wasn't sure whether the awards could be called the Kiraly Deer Nepotism uh, <laughs> Awards. But, but, that, but, that, but that takes away from actually a, a very serious and significant achievement, because um, the winner of the silver awards, this was the fastest, uh, I'm sorry, this was the 130K silver award, is that right? Yep. Um, was a lady by the name of Judith Deer. Now, if you're thinking that name sounds familiar, that's because it does. It's, it's Kiralee's mum. Um, and i hope that you've told your mum that we're about to talk about her age um, on a public podcast (laughs) but at 78 years and 318 days um she's managed to take out the silver award this year and that is very very impressive
2: it's pretty amazing isn't it and yes i I told her at the beginning of the campaign this year that uh, her age was going to get trotted out a bit she's like I don't care. I'm as old as I am. You know, that doesn't matter. (laughs) So uh, because the fact that she looks 68 when she's 78 or, you know, it's all, it's all immaterial. Mum is not a, I don't think would ever describe herself as a naturally athletic person. She loves the gardening. She's a very active person, but not necessarily athletic. And last year, was her first time of doing the challenge and I remember when she spoke to me about it it was oh, I might just try to do one or two kilometers a day and ended up doing 116 kilometers so when it came around this year I said mum you're going for the <laughs> 130 so, and she stood up, She, this is a little bit of news you don't have she ended up cracking 170 kilometers wow wow really so, uh, that is amazing absolutely incredible it's 78 years old so she is fine and fit and i tell you what in a lot better condition. some other people that were on our team who are substantially <laughs> younger than that so uh, yeah it's a pretty amazing effort and all, just yeah for the record for the record her data has been validated and proven to be correct. She does use Strava to, to track her distances. So it's oh, on that's there. A, this <laughs> is the probably the time clearly
1: that we don't want to bring up um, Demo's stats for the 19 days, given that uh, your mom at 78 years managed, <laughs> managed that sort of distance. This could be quite embarrassing for Demo. Um, now, we should move on to the gold award. Because um, this was a 200-kilometer award, um, and do you want to tell us who who took that one out this year?
2: That was David Attrell, uh, who your whose voice you would have heard through the podcast <laughs> episodes. He's our volunteer sideline commentator who just popped up out of nowhere and uh, one year and just started doing what he does at the finish line, cheering absolutely every team in. So <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, his story, his health story, has not been great since 2006 with ongoing heart challenges and to <laughs> he was texting me messaging me on the first couple of days every time he did one kilometer so how he gets his kilometers done is he'll go out and do one kilometer and come back and rest and then maybe go out and do two kilometers and come back and rest and he wow. just very slowly ticks away at it so when you look at his columns on his statistics you'll say i did uh, five Uh, kilometers today over 10 walks you know he might only walk 500 meters sometimes and it's just amazing to 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 look at what he's achieved so it was brilliant again the data has been validated Uh, there's no sort of friend nepotism there Uh, but uh, yeah to it was a fantastic honor to be able to acknowledge his participation in that way
3: he was actually going for silver up until the eighth of September as well, and,
2: <laughs> and then he backed him then, himself.
3: Then we, oh, we had a bit of discussion <laughs> and because he he was already on track for his two hundred at that point in time, and I just whispered in his ear and said, "Perhaps you should, Dave." And he did. So amazing! Oh,
1: absolutely impressive.
3: It is truly impressive. Yes.
1: Now, guys, you challenged Damo and I to explore the theme that we were covering through the virtual event and the podcast ourselves recognizing of course that while demo and i typically think that we know everything uh in fact we we knew much less than what we thought about this topic so look we thought we'd just take a little bit of time give you guys a rest from talking um, and share some of the insights that we've gained through um you know what what we see as a huge honor as being able to be involved in in this amazing thing that you've created
0: yeah so we and we've talked talked through this and we've Every episode it's evolved but then we kind of went back and and sort of grouped it together in some key learnings that stood out for us and um, the first one for me is that it it wasn't just men hurting women it's people hurting people of all kinds of ages sexes um, backgrounds it's a human issue that shouldn't be pigeonholed in any one geographical or socio-demographic economic grouping it is a human condition that that to me jez that stood out
1: no look look totally agree mate um you know i think we saw stories through this podcast of um you know victims and survivors who are men women children um, flatmates Um, friends you know everyone and you know many more people who were impacted indirectly particularly the couple of episodes that we covered um, on the impact of children Mm. um, you know being taken into care losing trust that that cycle of violence that, that, that comes from that you know it's 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 a disease
0: yeah and i think then we moved on from that and we started also looking at how it impacts those people right in the center of it and how it takes away their confidence um, in themselves. Um, it makes people in, in many situations think that they're wrong or broken in some way. And to a certain extent, that anchors them within the, the situation that they're in.
1: Yeah, I think one of the really interesting insights that, that we got from one of the later episodes was the fact that, um, and it was it was Melissa Stubbins, I think, and she talked about the fact that you know, she compared it to a car crash or a death, where there's a cathartic moment that happens in a split second immediately, and people can react to that and relate to that, and you can kind of understand it. Whereas, you know, what we heard from so many of the people that spoke about domestic and family violence was that it happens very, very slowly. It doesn't start with some major event. It might start with nothing and take a year or two in a relationship before it starts to emerge and then even when it emerges it starts to happen really slowly almost like that that sort of boiling frog analogy and so it's easy for victims to normalize that um, and accept it over time and when when we look at it you know sitting outside of those situations and we say why don't people just leave those relationships or leave those situations and you know, it's, it's much more deeper and complex than that and it's easy to underestimate the impact that that has in those situations
0: yeah and i think the other thing i took from that jez is that you know we violence is a key word in in all of this but we also learned about situations where it was it wasn't violence as in it wasn't physical violence it was psychological and so it's not just people hitting people or hurting people um, in the physical sense. Also, there are, you know, there's at least one example there where there was nothing physical, it was purely psychological. And, and that is just another massive part of this as, a, as an issue.
1: And I think that what stems on from that then is the fact that, um, you know, a lot of people in these situations then don't talk about it. And, you know, what we saw through the RAV virtual event was. You know something as simple as wearing a rav t-shirt or a rav buff is a gate opener to people actually coming out and having conversations and when we talked about that in the early episodes without all the context and background of all those victims and understanding the situation they were in it seemed like a small thing but actually when when you look back on it now and having explored this in much more detail the the power of being able to start that conversation just by wearing a t-shirt is, is much more immense than what it seemed when, when we started this journey, demo.
0: That that Yeah, I know, I know we're talking about things that really stood out, but that was one of the early things to me where more than one person um, through our process of learning said that they were able to have a conversation that probably wouldn't have happened if they hadn't have had their buff or the t-shirt on or if they hadn't have explained what they were doing and why they were getting involved. Um, with this event. Um, it still blows my mind that one in five people are impacted this, you know, by this, but don't talk about it. But talking about it is the other thing that sort of came out, which is um, having seen through a number of these interviews and previous examples that you guys have shared where talking about it has really allowed some of the people that we've spoken to and heard about gain confidence to share their story, which in itself is massively uh, powerful.
1: We heard in some of those interviews, Damo, that how important it is that, in in many situations, friends just calling out behavior and and letting their mm. friends know that it's not normal, um, yeah. was actually you know one of the sort of trigger points for people to kind of get out of those situations and, and how important that was for them.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, while we heard some rather you know alarming and and quite concerning and really thought-provoking stories of, of, um, of things that have happened to some of the people impacted. On the positive side, we also heard positive stories and good outcomes. And we learned about the organisations, um, the legal framework, the charities out there fighting to support this as, a, as an issue, to increase awareness, to save people early, support people on their pathway out of these situations. Um, and as I said before, yeah, some tremendously heartwarming and positive stories as a result too.
1: And, and look, I think, you know, just to, to wrap that up, you know, I, I want to say another big thank you to Kirley and Brad. Um, I can assure you we've both taken a huge amount out of this experience. And and again, we're just really, really pleased to have the opportunity that you've given us to be part of it. And we're, we're keen for your thoughts on the insights that we've taken out of the last 19 days.
3: I think it's a it's an amazing journey, isn't it? When you start on this journey, you don't realise it at all. You don't realise what's mm. there. You don't realise, you know, uh, you, you if you come from a, I come from a different, you know, I come from a loving family. I, I haven't experienced this in my life before. So to see it firsthand and to witness it firsthand, and to hear people describing things, it's 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 sort of you know it it sort of rocks your world a little bit. You don't you don't don't appreciate that. You don't appreciate. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't fully understand it before, and I, I don't understand it all now. But it, it sort of it opens up your eyes more to to what's happening in that space. I'd like to believe we create a little bit of a safe environment in the virtual challenge, where people feel that they can they can share a story, and they, they feel like they're among friends, and they, they feel loved and trusted, and 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 hopefully that can help a little bit in the process for them to move on in this world, as you know, move along. Um, with their life and do things like that but it's 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 a human condition it's it's very confronting some of the stories are very confronting i mean you know danny's story early on and, and some of the stories about the children they just they just yank at your heart every time don't they they,
4: they really
3: affect you and and but then you, you know you see people on the other side what they're doing to to support these people and, and you know what's what's happening in that and that's you know, that's encouraging, and and I like to believe, you know they have four thousand supporters out, four thousand extra supporters out there this year who've, 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 who've joined them in their journey and and joined them, you know going forward as well.
0: How about yourself, Carolyn?
2: Yeah, thank you for really. Uh, I can't thank you enough, the the two of you for for what hmm. you've done with the podcast series. It's really has had a enormous impact on people and our ability to share that learning. Um, Brad, Brad's you know, articulated beautifully that that it is a journey uh, into it, and we've been, I guess, since two thousand and thirteen, Brad and I have been on that journey, and it uh, everything you know, is it, still very much it, the more. It's one of those sort of topics. The more you know, the more you realize you don't know, and but I think that opening up process and realizing you don't understand it all is really healthy and i think these stories and the learning gives us the opportunity to learn to be better people and we've all got the opportunity and the space to do that and that's an ongoing process the, the stories still bring me to tears it's mm-hmm. I, I don't think is a you ever get to move beyond the impact of these stories the the shock of them the the feelings that that people communicate. I think that the power of podcasting is that, and I was saying this to Brad when we we're talking um, last week, we're just having our own little bit of a debrief around things that went on for quite a, quite a while. <laughs> we were on the phone for two hours, Brad. But it, it, yeah, just we, you have to debrief after some of this stuff. And I think when we move things into this this sound, this kind of pure audio environment, you don't have Yeah, when we see physically see people we tend to form judgments before we listen to what they've Mm -hmm. got to say where when you take away the body and it's just the voice and that's that's the thing you're connecting into you get to hear the emotion in the voice even though you may only register that unconsciously Mm. and it's an intensely powerful experience and to have that opportunity to share our stories, to share people's experiences, and these people are within our community. You know, they're they're ravers. They're people that are that have grown up mm. with this event. They're they're not you know, obviously a couple of them were experts and and things like that. But the the actual stories, yeah, you know, they're people that are standing next to us, and I think that's an incredibly powerful experience. People get nervous about sometimes about wearing the buffs or wearing our gear and they go oh somebody comes up and talk to me I I don't know what I'm going to say I don't know how you know what do I say what do I say it's like it's not about saying it's about listening Mm. so if somebody you can tell them what you're doing you know what you're doing I am going for a run I got into it for the bling I really love the metal and now I'm suddenly running 200 kilometers in 19 days (laughs) that's what you're doing and the reason you're doing it I'm really motivated because yeah it's a fantastic you know cause to support and I want change to happen then listen just listen to whatever people have to say and and thank them for the learning that they've provided you with and the insight because every every conversation is an opportunity to learn if it's only to learn the complexity you know that there is no simple answers to any of this stuff we just need to keep talking and talking and talking
0: Very very true I would absolutely agree now it will not be long before next year's event Comes around. So, can you give us a sense of what's planned for next year? Well,
3: we still have to have our debriefs and bits and pieces for this year. For next year, we we will try and aim for in, each year. But we try and grow on the previous year and learn from what we what we need to improve from last year. Mm. Last year, we had a bit of problem, a few problems around our distribution and how we did things in that space um that's this year we got that all sorted and i, I believe it's, it was a relatively seamless process um I, about some improvement but we improved that uh, you know immensely next year we'd like to look at what we can do in the technology area to try and make it a much easier process for people from end to end to once they register to to, to get into the event um uh, i think you know i've got some gray hairs i think i've probably transferred some of those gray hairs to some of the team captains and people like that trying to get you know their teams organized and things in that space and and that's probably that's part of the experience we'd like to look at for next year as well as growing the numbers and, and
0: working through those type of things i heard that jeremy accidentally mailed a pair of his underpants to the distribution center have they got have they <laughs> have they got over that yet and have we, have we, i know we're offered counseling and <laughs>
2: What they were I think we're using the term underpants quite loosely there. It's more like a silk canker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> um we it's a, dish, you know, it's a, our, our partners Flourish Australia. They, they support people to recover um, from mental illness. It's so, it's a, they're a fantastic partner. They have done an incredible oh. job. Yep. thousands of orders uh, under incredible. COVID lockdown. It's just mind blowing um, what they've achieved. And it, they're, they're, they're having to go out, like they're, I think, right, you know, I might get the the, kind of roles wrong here but I think it's the supervisor had to actually go out and do work in the community to support you know people with uh, having mental health challenges while this is also going on so normally they would have been in the warehouse supporting and, and overseeing things so <laughs> like, unbelievable team of people um, that have pulled that off but we did have a few funny orders come through where things mm-hmm. were like what was it, Brad? a bread someone orders satchel but nothing to put in it. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought a postage satchel. <laughs> we, had, we had one of the um, yeah, there was a we had to you know do a, a couple of shuffles on sizes of things and somebody although they said they officially did send the shirt back, the returned item back, but it ended up arriving as a bottle of perfume. rather than the shirt (laughs) we don't know what happened there I left left her house as a shirt and arrived at the warehouse as a uh, bottle of perfume but uh, yeah, yeah so it's it's been, and that's a lot of Brad and Tracy's incredibly hard work uh, has gone into that. But next year, we're building towards having our frictionless onboarding process. Now, does that sound technical or what? It sounds like <laughs>
0: someone in marketing has got hold of it, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Frictionless customer experience. Yes.
2: Look, we we recognize that the technology for onboarding is really, getting involved in it is really challenging because the reason is that we are the biggest and longest event of this type in the world. You know, nothing else like us exists. And so the technology isn't there. We've got to patch together stuff. And the thing, you know, one of the positive outcomes of COVID has been the boom in virtual challenges. And so the software has moved on. Quite a bit mm. and so we are you know this year it's our, our key focus is to help iron out those systems but I reckon having <laughs> my theory on the difficult systems is the people that do register those 4,000 we absolutely know they're determined to be involved <laughs> <laughs> you will not get a more loyal participant than a RAV participant
1: I think um, that's a good call I'm keen to hear some views on numbers for next year so obviously we <laughs> We got over the 4,000 mark. You know, it's only been four years. There's exponential growth happening here. What could we possibly get to in 2022? And I'm looking for something that that is five digits. What do you think, (laughs) Curly?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so funny. You're hilarious, Jeremy. Now let me think. What's your um day job? Does it have the letter C O O involved someone? well I'm sure you've got some spare time, and, and if just... you have to, you might get there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. No, not going to happen next year. Um, well, it might do, but it won't be. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any control, ultimately, do we? Brad, would you like to say something intelligent?
3: No, I don't. <laughs> um, I would like to see that it's bed down our systems a bit. So, you mm. know, whether that's 6,000, 7,000, or something like that. And so then, then we can look for the exponential growth in the years after that. I think, you know, This year's proof, you know, we had a debrief after last year. We fixed up the big thing from last year. We'll do the same this year. Get those systems working and then you can dial up the number to make it five digits or six digits if we really want to. I mean, that's the, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. I I think that's, you know, what I'm looking, we're not looking for something that explodes next year. We're looking for something that's workable and will allow us to grow well into the future, you know, whether you take this around the world, how where will we take this challenge? I'd like something that's scalable up. And that's something we've got to that's something we've got to work through.
1: Well look, guys, it's from Demo and I, it's it's been amazing. I want to I wanna make a big call out to all of the participants who have who have done the kilometers. Like we just think these guys are so awesome and I hope that they all had just such an amazing time because I know demo and myself and the and the ARP Rav heads, we certainly did. Um, guys, it, it's been an awesome ride. We we feel really honoured and lucky to have been able to do it with you all and, and everyone that did the kilometres. The feedback on the podcast, the virtual event, it's just been outstanding. Um, I, I certainly can't wait to be back to next year, Damon.
0: Yeah, ditto is all I can say. It's been eye-opening, it's been alarming, it's been heartwarming, it's been everything um and that's just being with jez uh, a little bit more than normal um but no seriously what an event and um congratulations to you both it's thank you for sharing it with us and thank you for letting us inside your world um i certainly have been talking more about this and will continue to talk more about this you know with the people i meet it's um it's certainly Something that's going to stay with me. So thank you.
1: Any any final comments from um, from both of you? Maybe starting with Brad, just to to you know people who have been involved or, or are listening to the podcast.
3: I, again, I'd just like to echo my thanks to all the participants. I mean, there's lots of people who this is their second year, third year, fourth year, and I think you interviewed a few of those along the way. So thank you for. Thank you to them. Thank you to um, the team captains who spend their time organising and marshalling their teams and organising you know, five thousand kilometres or whatever they, you know, whether it's five thousand or five hundred doesn't, you know, it, it's great to see. Um, uh, big thank you to David Atrel, our sideline commentator, because I think just reading everything on on Facebook is just it's, it's it's just a hoot and it's it's so encouraging and so great to read all the bits and pieces that that generates. And and to you two guys, thank you very much, Jess and Damon. It has been. I think this has been an eye out and having the podcast this year. It, it's, it's it's something which we'll have for years to come as well, hopefully for years to come. Because I think you know, the, it just it's a, it's another another medium, and it's a great medium for getting the message out there as well. So thank you very much again, Carolyn.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. All the participants, all the people, all the all the team captains, I know how difficult the process is. It's got a lot better. We started off, the the captains that were with us in the first year will know we did it all on spreadsheets. So mm. It's, mm. it's improved a lot since then. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they just stick with us and continue loving it as much as we do. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the enormous amount of time that takes. I have a big shout out for a special lady called Tracy Hobbs, oh,
3: yeah.
2: who is on our committee, who puts in insane hours every week week in week out to make a lot of this happen and she so she's the one on Facebook answering all the questions she's been answering a lot of the support tickets she's just a be all everywhere legend so massive thank you to Tracy and yeah ditto to everything that, that Brad has said it's, it's very humbling to be part of this community and to continue to watch it bro. It's it's a privilege to be able to coordinate all the activity that goes on
0: awesome well thank you Kiralee thank you Brad now there's one final thing that we've got to do just as we wrap up this episode and that is to hear from David Atrell for his final wrap up on all of the facts and statistics so thank you once again everyone for listening it's just been awesome
2: thank you see you Hello, next guys. year thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you. <laughs>
4: Hi, it's David Natural for the last time in 2021. Well, Run Against Violence is all over and it's been in Hover for a day or more now, but <laughs> of course it isn't. It's a 24-7, 365 challenge for the whole community, the nation and the world, which hopefully we have highlighted and I don't mind being quoted on that. Kearley said, Wrap it all up, put out the bins. <laughs> There was a whole pile of bottles 700 metres from Luna Park where the wandering winos stopped for several hours and well, who knows what runner has left 80 minutes from their finish at Broken Hill at the pub and lucky it was in the afternoon but they did run away another 23 kilometres afterwards and then there were the scorched feathers when... Phoenix Defenders and Barilla Eagles arrived at Luna Park together, and ah, oh, I digress. Seriously, though, I feel like I know everybody after spending 19 days between walking and sleeping, only once at the same time, and wearing my finger to the bone, refreshing the leaderboard all the rest of the time. I love lucky chance moments that you can't script, and we had some doozies this year. Anyway, what better way to wrap up but with the Razzie Awards. I'll just move away this piece of concrete that destroyed Ruth Gasper's silver dream and gave Rob Lloyd's knee a working over. And commiserations to everyone else of the hundreds of you who have been injured or with side effects or side line before or during the 19 days. And OK, how do I know that? Every team I've been in has at least two incapacitated each. I have two times two sixty-nine teams Hundreds and now the Ravi Awards, totally at my whim, and nothing to do with the Rav committee. No correspondence will be entered into unless it is funny. The first award is to David Attrell as the only entry in the right to fanfare competition. <laughs> The first category is the teams that missed out by not doing that extra 500 metres, let alone an extra mile. As I said earlier on, even getting out for a 500 metre crawl can make a difference. Well, I'm paraphrasing that. In some cases, even the extra nine yards might have made a difference. So, In order of they missed out by this much, here are the distances the second team mentioned was behind the first. I had to put that in because when Curly saw they missed out, she assumed they were still in the harbour currently. Boom, boom. Twenty-third, Knox Ravers and Fit for Fun Dubbo, with 500 metres to go between the two of them. Twenty-two, Gippy Gallopers 2, Aussie Broadband. Was Broadband slow getting to Gypsaland by 480 metres? Equal-twentieth, Red Hot Chili Steppers Moles and Hell in Heels. What a picture that conjures up. 420 metres. Equal-twentieth, Redland Pacemaker. And the Highlands, mountain goats, and perhaps a little less jumping, and they might have made the extra 420 metres. Nineteen, rousty abouts, LRC children. They were thereabouts, but missed out by 400 metres. Eighteen, smashed eggshells, pacemaker, and (laughs) mixmasters. What can I say? This made my day. (laughs) 340 metres. Wild Coyotes, Pacemakers and Gippy Gallopers, too. The Wild Coyotes won the galloping race by 280 metres. Equal 14th, Port Pacers won, Pacemakers, and easier said than run. Oh, you said it, 270 metres. Equal 14th, Sisters with Blisters and Go Run, who ran not quite far enough by 270 metres. Fourteen, scrambled legs and BYS running for change. Couldn't change anything, 270 metres behind. Thirteen, Riot S. Asterisk and Team RDU, 230 metres away from the riot. Run Coffee Chat and essentially your choice. More Runless Chat could have been their choice, 190 metres to their... 11. Aussie Broadband and coughcoats. Legends with faster broadband this time by 180 metres. 10. Riot Squad. Exercising for cake. Not quite enough cake. 170 metres. 9. Walking Together. Riot Squad. Riot Squad in a sandwich. 130 metres. <laughs> Eight Slifties, heroes pacemaker and L M P D. Could they have limped another ninety meters? F- seven fine and fits. When red hot chili steppers pacemakers not quite fit enough by seventy meters. Six essentially your choice. Raving striders, raving indeed, missing by sixty meters. Five Buddha babes, barimba eagles. They didn't quite wing it by twenty meters. An equal one. Ten all sorts pacemakers, red hot chili steppers. Two ten meters. Wow. BBR Rayev 2021, Out Training 2021, 10 metres. BMMC Vive, Opportunity Knox Pacemakers, 10 metres. And Soul Sisters New South Wales, Run, Riot, Run, 10 metres. And that gentleman who ran with Run, Riot, Run, who's one of the best runners in the whole Rav, couldn't he have done another 10 metres? Anyway, bizarre fact Wild Coyotes. Gippsland's Gippies, 2, Aussie Broadband and Coast Coast Legends were between 1332.74 and 133.72 kilometres, all within a kilometre of each other. Right. The award for having an exact number of kilometres, nothing after the decimal, only one team managed exact kilometres, BN Pacemakers on 650 kilometres, and I have no idea how. Putting the Soul in Rav Award. Nominees are Soul Sisters Terrigal, Soul Sisters, Soul Sisters, Soulmates, Soul Survivors, Soulful Villagers, and Heart and Souls. And the winner is Heart and Souls, emphasising the importance of feet and heart and soul in Run Against Violence. The team that lost its name. This year's team captain of Are We There Yet? reserved the name, so last year's team Are We There Yet? became Are They There Yet? this year and did well but didn't quite reach Dead Ringers or even Holistic Walkers. The team that couldn't remember their name Finish what you started. Was suddenly unsure. Day eleven. What name they had last year? Was it Legs Miserables or Miserables? Or perhaps Don't step too close to me. And hope. Hopefully, Zoe will remember her note to keep the same name next year better than I last year to make a copy of all my silly posts at thirteen hundred kilometers, which I remembered. Day twenty.
3: <clears throat>
4: the team that I noticed did not move for the longest period. Team amazing. Your explanation is still looked for, but two thousand three hundred thirty-five kilometers makes up for it. The team that stopped seven hundred meters or less from the finish, I had visions it would be wandering winos who found something amazing to stop them from lunar Park for hours, but then, late day nineteen, we had rowheads man up twenty twenty one who came or stopped six hundred and eighty meters to go after sharing the exact spot with real girls' sweat, the only time I saw the exact kilometers of two teams well. Anyway, so close to the deadline and looked like they would never shift, but they ended up on 13.28, just past a bunch of rat mags. What a 20.21 we have had. The team I find hardest to find. Nominee one, Soulful Villagers, with their massive surge from way outside my vision, below my expected finishers for the date of far past where I was looking past thirteen hundred. took me ten minutes to find them. And nominee two, Phoenix Defenders, with a similar meteoric fiery rise, but the winners are BMMC, seven pacemakers by default, as I had pasted over them in my tracking spreadsheet and had lost them for a day or two with much time scratching my beard. Now, the winners are Soulful Villagers, with 14.43.23, and I win the spreadsheet disaster reward. Other special awards, as opposed uh, to leaderboard-related, go to BMMC 24-Hour Challenge for starting so late, but with 1,300 in a day, Rob Lloyd for his 200 in 26 hours, and Tracy D. Passius-Hugby and her for their duo 109 kilometers times 2. A special award for creating Facebook profile frames goes to SpinFX Superheroes 2021. And the award for spelling heroes creatively, Spinifex superheroes 2021 with 13.02.18 kilometers and some beautiful frames. Award for the longest name with no spaces. Nominations included Balls Out Running. There's no excuses. Phoenix Defenders and exercising for cake. But the winner is, but the winner is Baby Steps and Great Strides 13.13.66. Award for the shortest name. Go run, and they did, for 15.55 on a war for the longest name overall. Are you joking? Do you think I'd count all the letters? But it might have been Redeemer Lutheran College, RAV heads for teams of 11 to 20. I could go on, but time doesn't allow me. I hope you enjoyed this, the last segment of the last podcast, and found it funny. If not a laugh a minute, that would mean at least 12 laughs each person. See you all 2022. Who knows what that'll bring? It's goodbye from me from RAV 2021.